Hello there and welcome to Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast available. Believe us, we've looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there's some other people who claim to have Star Wars podcasts that talk to each other a lot on Twitter, and they almost never... Yes. Uh, they never include us, so I'm kind of offended. I think it's an insecurity thing, but if you look on the live stream on YouTube right now, it very clearly says, Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast, and it's on YouTube. Yeah. So could we lie on YouTube? Would a Star Wars YouTuber lie to you? Think about that. No, of course not. You don't know. You don't get money or fame or anything else talking about Star Wars. The only thing you get is a sense of pride and accomplishment, um, and that fan connection. So I don't think anybody would ever take advantage of that. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, should we start off by talking about the news that George Lucas is making a new sequel? <laughs> <laughs> uh. I didn't hear that. Do you want to expand on that, Corey? That sounds really epic. <laughs> no, because it's not happening. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are starting off, of course, with Path of Destruction. Then we have Rule of Two is the second one, and Dynasty of Evil is the third one. So two weeks from now, we'll be talking about Rule of Two. Two weeks from then, we're going to be talking about Dynasty of Evil. I'm going to alternate between pronouncing it as Dynasty and Dynasty oh so God. that everyone can tell me I'm wrong <laughs> in the comments. Uh but yeah, so... So what is it that we're doing next week, Corey? Do you want to do the TV episode that we skipped? Yes, that would be good. Or do you want to see if... Because I saw you tweeted, you responded to Ian Fraser's tweet about the the microphone he got, but I mean, you I said will if he wants to talk about that. Star Wars books. Yeah. And you really left out, like, we could have just done a Star Wars Squadrons preview episode with Ian. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's going to want to come on to talk about a book. Well, but... I, I asked him. I think he said his favorite book was the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Don't show him my rankings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said it, it had been a while since he read it. But, yeah, I will I'll talk to him. I mean, it, it would be really cool to get him on at some point. And he's, he's super into Legends and stuff. So, hmm. I mean, I, I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, we can make that happen. That would be, that would be pretty epic. Very epic. Um, yeah, do you want to do uh, TV next week, or is there another topic that's been eating away at your soul that you want to use this platform to They did recently really just announce that there will be a new Star Wars holiday special, which... That is true, is a Lego cool. one. Which I think will actually be, like, unironically good. Um, so, but obviously, we should probably wait till that comes out to discuss it. Uh, I want to talk about this Herman Cain stuff, have you seen that? <laughs> how he was he was tweeting about uh biden yeah well he, after, yeah, two so, weeks after he died yeah he, he's dead and uh mark from the temple institute I, I wrote a tweet about it then mark uh said the dead speak like, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh it made me lose it there's also another uh somebody else tweeted something let me friend of the show mark yes friend of the, the show mark. frequent uh, guest frequent frequent guest Oh, yeah. Also, many frequent flyer miles. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the voice of Herman Cain. (laughs) (laughs) So, probably not worth the whole episode, but I did want to kind of use my platform to just, you know, enlighten the galaxy that Dark Ages are coming as the uh, the Cain gang uh, reasserts itself and, you know, (laughs) begins blowing up post office and across the America. Yeah, like... 
I haven't re- gotten a call from my mom in two years, but Herman Cain can still tweet. <laughs> Yikes. This is some bullshit. Jeez, yeah. That is bullshit. Of all people, Herman Cain, come on. When I, when I die, <laughs> please don't use me to shill for some politician, especially if that politician played a role in my death. <laughs> what if uh what if we did some like billy mays stuff with the eckhart's ladder twitter after you die that'd be fine that would be fine. so you just get your account is it in your contract your sponsorship that uh when you die just pure ramen tweets all the time <laughs> i mean it's not yet but i feel like that's a good opportunity for some extra value you know like I can get a, maybe a bit more a month if they know they're gonna have me forever. Like, that's true. Even once I slide off this mortal coil, like they'll still have their their paws into me, which kind of like the idea of Gus will be uh, fat off ramen even long after I'm gone. Yeah, Gus, Gus's kids, Gus's kids, yeah. kids. Gener- that's what you call generational ramen wealth. Generational sodium. <laughs> Generational sodium. Hey, I'll have you know that uh, actually Veet Ramen is very low in sodium, especially when compared to other comparable noodle brands. Is any noodle brand truly comparable, though? I think no. That's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Corey, I'm going to put you in contact with somebody. Send me my check, yeah. <laughs> I would like to say now that I have never eaten ramen in my life, and I'm not. Really? You've never eaten ramen before? I have not. How come? Do you think you'd like it? I, I don't know, I've just... Most noodle things just kind of fall off my radar. Mm, fair enough. Other than, like, spaghetti and stuff. I bet you there's lots but, of ramen in uh, Ottawa. Yeah, there's a lot of ramen, a lot of shawarma, actually. There's a shawarma place everywhere. I had shawarma Ottawa. today. I love it. I didn't So, in Niagara, there's nothing. Like, I had never heard of shawarma until I got to Ottawa. And then there's, like, one on every corner, a shawarma shawarma. A shawarma shawarma. shawarma, shawarma. <laughs> Especially around the University of Ottawa, because I lived on campus uh, first year, and there's like two that are just right there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like they're almost as common as the as the whiter you get in Canada, the worse the food gets. So, like, go to somewhere like mm-hmm. Toronto, the food is amazing. You know, when I was lived in Toronto, there used to be like these um, food cars that would come in front of my office every day. And one day it would be like Jamaican food, the other day it would be like Mexican street food, like corn all done up and then one day it would be like ethiopian food and then like halifax is okay because we still have like we've got a lot of immigrants here like there's a really big lebanese population and there's like a really big greek population so we've got lots of interesting food options then you go to like you know buttfuck nova scotia and it's like yeah we got pizza maybe probably just mcdonald's though (laughs) yeah like niagara at least has a lot of italian restaurants Mm. but it's all italian restaurants and my family owns a lot of them. Did I tell you about the time when I went to Niagara Falls and they tried to, when I was living in Toronto and they tried to uh, get me with that, uh, that visitors, the tourist tax, the tourist tax. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not paying this. And... So for anyone who ever goes to Niagara, there is a, there's a tourist tax that is applied to mm-hmm. pretty much every restaurant does it. Yeah. You don't have to pay this. If you see it on your bill, tell them to take it off and they have to. It's pretty so substantial too, protein. isn't it? Like twenty five percent. So it, I mean, it's it's not a standard thing, really. It's like people just throw it on, and it's like, oh, look, this is the thing. No, it's it's not. Don't don't pay it. Do not pay it. That is my advice to everyone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they will give you some shit too because they, at least where I was, I was at, um, it was an Italian place. I forget where it was, like Eastside Mario's or something. Italian in quotes. Um, and yeah, they gave me a lot of shit for trying to, to not pay it. Yeah. But it's the same in like, like Vegas does something similar. Um, but yeah, Corey's right. You don't have to pay it. Yeah, it's like a, a courtesy mm-hmm. thing. It's, it just means you don't have to pay mm-hmm. it. Just tell them you don't want to pay yeah. it. And if worst comes to worst, just say you live there. Yeah, just say you're local. Then they might see your driver's license and yeah. tell you you don't. But either way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what do you think about Darth Bane? Pretty edgy. He would not be paying a tourist tax, so that's for sure. <laughs> no, I think that's actually why he got to Korriban and was so upset. You know what I think of Darth? He, oh, sorry. I was gonna say he just got to Dresh Day and then yeah, didn't he just anything. He's like, this was supposed to have fine Sith cuisine, not this knockoff shit. <laughs> have you tried the Tukata stew? <laughs> also, yeah, okay. So there's a part where Bane is lost on Korriban. Essentially, he's not eating, but he killed like three Tukata. Like, yeah. just eat one, bro. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess we did talk about last time with Alex that we covered a book, whether or not we should do uh, just a quick rundown of what the book's about at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably won't do more than a minute or two with each. We'll probably adjust how we do it every mm-hmm. time just to kind of see what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But essentially, this book takes place a thousand years before the Battle of Yavin, uh, where there is a war still going on between the Jedi and Sith. The Sith are... Uh, kind of different than they've been in the past where they're united under the Brotherhood of Darkness led by Lord Khan who's kind of brainwashing a lot of the Sith using kind of a variation of battle meditation and just it, I might be reading too much into how much he's no, actually he's definitely like, mental state with it but yeah, uh, yeah he's kind of mind-fucking everyone into working together and the story is essentially of how Darth Bane first joins the Sith going from uh uh, just a guy on a mining colony to join the Sith army mm-hmm. into joining the Sith Academy on Korriban and then leading to him helping to wipe out the Brotherhood of Darkness put himself in charge of the Sith and instituting the rule of two uh, which the next book goes a lot more into mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah so uh, there's a lot of stuff that kind of references Knights of the Old Republic uh, it almost reads like you're doing a an after-action report of someone playing Knights of the Old Republic with a different story. Yeah. Because you can get a lot of, like, the the Sith, the classes from KOTOR, mm-hmm. TOR, and, like, the, the Force powers. There's a battle at the end where uh, Lord Hoth, the leader of the Jedi forces, mm-hmm. uses Force stasis and rolls a natural 20 to keep a, a Dark Jedi suspended <laughs> yeah. in the air. And yeah, yeah so it, there's a lot like that. Yeah, I mean, in the last, like, third, everything on Rusan is is also essentially a direct um, remake of the Jedi vs. Sith comics from, I think, the early 2000s. Like, it's, it's pretty much the exact same story. Um, it starts off with the scene where um, Bane is slaughtering that family. That's, I think, the first issue of, uh, of the comic. And then it goes a little bit later. It goes into... From what I remember, it's like the first few chapters of book two because, like, we get a bit more with Xana uh, and whatever else. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sort of things being brought in here. You do get a lot of Knights of the Old Republic stuff in the beginning. Even the way they describe like the the temple on Korriban is like the exact same as it is in the game. 
which I mean it's kind of nice I enjoyed that it um it was a nice bit of uh referencing I guess and you of course visit Lee Han and there's lots of Revan references even though he's been dead by uh 3,000 years at this point um yeah and the Republic is still using these same hammerheads and oryx uh in this war as they did in in kotor they're still like the hammerheads are like the main capital ship mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think this actually we don't really learn a whole lot about the sith ships but yeah what they do they do explicitly say hammerhead don't they they're quite old at this point yeah one of my favorite parts about when he's slaughtering that family is like he goes from there to the healer mm-hmm. and there's a part after he's leaving the healer because uh Githany has poisoned him, so uh, he needed the help of the healer to get the poison out, to get the antidote. And the way he makes the healer help him is by threatening to kill his daughter. Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently of all the other Jedi and Sith that this guy has refused, no one else was smart enough to catch on that this guy was like looking towards the other room and there might be something yeah. he's trying to protect. It, it seemed a little flimsy, mm-hmm. and maybe this guy was only dealing with complete idiots before. And Bane is like one step above complete idiot. I'll, I'll but... tell you, what, I know, I know what happened. I can explain to you what happened if you want, if you want. Okay, go for it. Go. So, for it. I don't know if you picked up on this, but there's like three points in the book where Darth Bane is described as an adult as having his teeth knocked out, um, like <laughs> out of his mouth. So presumably by the time he gets on, uh, I, f- I forget which plant that is. It's before he goes to Ruson. By that time, Darth Bane has got like three teeth left in his mouth. Because teeth aren't regenerating mm. in Bacta or anything like that. Um, so the guy was probably just tired of looking at his dumbass smile the whole time. Um, hmm. And I assume, All right. Yeah. Plus... Dar- Eck taking a, a strong anti-toothless person stance. <laughs> no, the real reason is because Darth Bane is uh, like 6'8". And um, the healer had a basketball net and Darth Bane would have dunked on him. No questions asked. <laughs> So basically, there's part of the book that we didn't see where Darth Bane just reenacts most of Like Mike with this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, Mike's really short, and Darth Bane's, as we learn many, many times, is quite large. Yes. Mm-hmm. Quite large, but not quite as large as. Um, uh, which one was the slightly larger one? Was it one of the Sith Lords? Yeah, it was the. I already forget all their name. Um. Because it wasn't uh, Kimsick or Cordit. It wasn't Cordit. No, Cordis was taller than him. He just wasn't as big. That was. There's I think, the uh, Twi'lek, um, who's kind of a bit. He's beefy. Um, yeah, he's beefy, but he's not as big as Bane. Mm-hmm. But he was still the beefiest Twi'lek that Bane had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Bane had seen some beefy Twi'leks, apparently. Yeah. I mean, when you're working in the minds of Apatros, you get big, boy. It's, Co- it's Copage. Uh, yeah, so he... Copage is the Twilight, I think. Or the Twilight, I think. Um. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he refrains from killing the, the healer and his daughter. First, he says that uh, he might need him later, but also because killing people like that would be pointless. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's murdered the entire family to get their, their land rover, and he did it to get some dark side energy as well, but I wasn't exactly sure on how the... Uh, how yeah, this book's a little bit that translated. It was like he was channeling the aggression to get like he talks a bit about how the dark side feeds itself, where you do the aggressive mm-hmm. action, which makes you angrier mm-hmm. uh, or more hate, whatever uh, emotion, not element, whatever emotion you want to apply to it, anger, hate, spite, yeah, 
eroticism uh, and then that they do specifically say cause... lust yeah. and love so yeah yeah i mean the, the what's one of the problems i have um with this book is it's pretty gamey with like how it treats the the dark side and really the light side of the force which i guess is fine but like it, it probably goes into a little bit too much detail with all of this stuff i think it kind of works for the book but i don't know how i feel about that generally like i kind of like the yeah people are gonna hate that i say this but i kind of like the more mystical approach that the new canon has sort of taken with the force generally and that is something that legends did sometimes but then again there's like in fate of the jedi you've got luke and ben going on the recreating jason's spirit trek across the galaxy and yeah. learning all of these techniques and stuff um which is cool but it gets to the whole you know like leveling up star killer type of thing that a lot of people kind of have problems with yeah uh but the part of bane's problem with the other sith in how they're handling the dark side and turning away from the ancient Sith ways, because Bane's main thing is that uh, by this society of equals, which they don't actually act like they're equals. No, the other Sith Lords act like they're equal-ish among each other, but then there's still a clear hierarchy within that, mm -hmm. and they're all under Khan. But Bane is acting like the other Sith have neglected the other, like the main ways the Sith would get power before and not using like cunning and deception, but like Khan is just mind fucking everyone into working for him. So yeah. Bane's problem with the Sith is really a misunderstanding of how the Brotherhood of Darkness is functioning. So I don't know if that was just dramatic irony yeah. for our purpose or if Drew Carbishan wasn't actually thinking of it that way. But like uh. I, there's a lot that Bane does here and you can look for I'm I'm doing I did a video for Sunday mm -hmm. about how Bane's idea was kind of wrong mm -hmm. and they were doomed to fail no matter what they did. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if it was intended to be portrayed that way or if it's just a, a side effect of what happens, yeah. but yeah. I, I didn't leave this book with a lot of respect for Bane. <laughs> I go back and forth because I, I do get some of his point. Okay, on one hand, the Brotherhood of Darkness, so just to explain for people who haven't read the book, at, at this point, there's, you know, it's the Old Republic, so of course the Sith and the Jedi are fighting. Um, it takes the form of the Brotherhood of Darkness in the Sith, and then the Jedi eventually form a corresponding army of light um and much of the book takes place on this sort of final showdown on the planet of rusan where mm -hmm. all of the brotherhood of darkness is there and uh, many of the jedi um and it does sort of seem like the brotherhood of darkness are on their way to winning um yeah i do get i, I think bane you know i don't like the sith that much as a um as i guess as a as main characters in a book because they're obviously not relatable um, they're quite edgy, I guess, but Bane's argument is that the Sith are really only successful, one, if they work in the shadows, like you said, which I think is debatable how much Lord Khan is doing that. It seems like he is, um, but there needs to be, like, you need to allow individuals to grow extremely powerfully and are powerful, and his argument is that if everyone is equal, then no one is truly powerful, which... He never really explains that or goes into that. Um, I like. I don't know if the if you, if you could have a Sith order where people are able to grow as powerful as Bane did, um, like or or if you know he's right and if someone does get that powerful and there are a bunch of minions below them, him whether they'll eventually come together uh, to destroy the more powerful being. Yeah, as like part of the problem with the Rule of Two is that. 
even the Sith Lords that sort of follow it, they still have their minions under them, mm-hmm. and the Apprentice is still going to try to team up with his minions to take down the Master. Uh, right. It's really just taking a bunch of people who are being encouraged to not play by the rules and telling them, no, this rule you need to play by, mm-hmm. which obviously they're not going to. And there was even a conversation between Bane and Crate later mm-hmm. uh, in one of the Legacy comics where... Uh, Bane is telling Crate, like, if you think that you can share all this power in any kind of way, then you're an idiot. Uh, by not just taking it all for yourself, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. But Bane's thing about working from the shadows, I think for the most part, I agree with that. The Sith, if they want to be successful, mm-hmm. they need to be limited in working from the shadows. But Bane was applying that primarily to beating the Jedi. Yeah. Because his thing was that they would never beat the Jedi as an open force because it unifies the Jedi as something to fight Mm -hmm. against. And I agree with that. I think he's right that the rule of two and what they did for the next thousand years was how you need to take down the Jedi. Mm -hmm. The problem is he was still thinking about working towards what Palpatine ultimately did. Mm -hmm. And that still involves the Sith coming out of hiding later and kind of declaring the Sith Empire. Whereas if they really want to be successful, they like the kind of peak of what the Sith should have been doing was... Palpatine and what Palpatine and Dooku were doing during the Clone Wars and trying to pro, like just pro, prolong that. Yeah, well, remember rather in Plagueis than just where like there's kind of that off. discussion where like Plagueis's master basically his plan was to have the Sith kind of take over the galaxy completely from the shadows, basically through like the use of computers and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was kind of, I, I think Plagueis, Plagueis wanted to, to go the more um, you know, hidden Sith root, and then Palpatine decided to be a bit more overt. Yeah. Um, yeah, Plagueis was the only good Sith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it is tough because, it, it like, the Sith did seem to be doing reasonably well, and Bane's argument is, you know, it, again, if you've got multiple Sith, more than two, then the lesser Sith will come together to destroy the more powerful Master... But in that case, isn't it still more power than if you have just two? You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. if if they are powerful enough to destroy the master, I mean, unless it, it's just a you've really got to. One of the main problems with this book is you've really got to agree with what Bane goes with, because you don't really get the other perspectives. Um, you get them early yeah. on, but Bane's always always he's always kind of like, eh, this might be bullshit. Yeah, there's a bit of a dichotomy in the way that Bane especially sees the Sith, Mm -hmm. where you can either talk about the ability to maximize the power for the Sith or the ability to maximize the power for yourself. And fundamentally, the way Bane typically sees it is that the Sith are a pathway to maximize the power for yourself. Mm -hmm. But in the way he executes his stuff and the way he tries to plan for the future, he tries to present that as maximizing the success for the sith because the idea is like okay even if i'm not successful i'm setting up the sith for success but if the reason that he's doing this is to maximize his own success he could probably get more for himself by exercising his power differently in the short term Mm -hmm. uh because i think it's a bit weird to use revan as the example as like the originator of right because revan had lots of other sith under him yeah Mm -hmm. And, like, they, there was just Revan and Malak as the Darths, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of other Sith operatives. And the reasons that Revan was doing what he was doing, at least initially, uh, and even if you take, like, the the later explanations, like Vitiate mm-hmm. and Valkoria, yeah. 
uh, yeah, which I, I don't love, but either way, whatever you go with, Revan was being more utilitarian about how he saw the dark side and the way that he's presented in the holocron that Bane mm-hmm. finds and the way Bane takes his teachings, mm-hmm. it isn't really super in line with the... Like, Bane... A lot of Bane's anger at the other, at the Brotherhood of Darkness in particular, is that they're throwing away the way the Sith used to operate. But the way that Bane is suggesting the Sith operates is so far removed mm-hmm. from how any of the previous Sith had operated that it's kind of hypocritical of him. Yeah, like, I, th- I think he does have a bit of room for those kind of minions because because he does say that like there will be an, a master and an apprentice as the two yeah. sith lords then they, they can have you know their agents and their minions which i guess but even still like that kind of doesn't fully capture um it's more about labeling yeah like, it's really just a difference in labeling and maybe you're hiding a bit more information from people yeah. but uh even still like i don't I, it, it I don't understand why there has to be only two Sith in the entire galaxy either way. Um, mm. Like, why not have divergent Sith? Like, you know, I, like I don't think Bane needed to kill everybody else. I get why he did, because he saw them sort of as a stain. But he could have found, um, you know, his next... He could have found Xana and just went off and did his own thing. I don't think... I think he kind of alludes to maybe the idea that the Force is, like, more powerful if it's literally concentrated in one person... And because there are so many Sith that um, that it's diluted in many people. Yeah. I think there's something similar to that in Plagueis maybe mentioned as well. But yeah, yeah. It, it's an interesting discussion that the book has. It's just... And the book, I think, is written really well. I, I think I mentioned this to you when I was reading it. I felt like it was written very, very well, especially for a genre book and for a Star Wars book. But I think the Sith are kind of weak as main characters because we, we yep. get characters like Githany who's just, like, very annoying. It's the same thing with Vistara Kai in Fate of the Jedi. She's a Sith, so everything she does is going to be double-crossing, and it's like, oh, when Bane double-crosses her, or when when Bane gets double-crossed by her, he's happy because he realizes, oh, she's acting like a Sith, and it's just, it's not very relatable as a reader. It just comes off as, like, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, Yeah, I I think with Githany, there's... Like, she's a former Jedi. She joins the Sith because uh, her affair with her partner gets mm-hmm. discovered. But then it's, like, just complete flip of the switch yeah. into, like, full Sith mode. And I kind of think of it as, like, even if you compare it to Anakin or Ahsoka, people who mm-hmm. Anakin went full Sith, Ahsoka was kicked out of the Jedi Order. Yeah. But Ahsoka didn't go like from Jedi to just full dark side mm-hmm. because of what happened to her and Anakin didn't go full Sith just because like there were other underlying reasons yeah. in this transition there. Even if I don't think the Anakin transition was handled perfectly, no. I think there was a you get a bit more of an idea of what went behind his transformation from uh just from being a Jedi to being a Sith. Whereas Githany it's like she just ends up seeming like someone who, no matter what the specifics of her leaving the Jedi would be, was always going to end up as a mm-hmm. Sith anyways, and yet was super trusted by the Jedi. Yeah, and I guess for me, I just don't find a character with no moral nuance to be very compelling. Um, like, that's why even Vader in his most evil, you know, he has those moments where a little bit of the good shines through, and that's him at his very worst. Uh, it's the same with Jason, you know, he's evil, 
when he turns into Kaidus, but he's still, you know, deep down the, a good guy. But with Bane, you know, we get a bit of that early on, but when he goes full dark side, you know, he's like, he's slaughtering entire, um, he's slaughtering children and feels no remorse about it whatsoever. Um, and that's kind of who his character becomes for like pretty much then on. And I just don't think that that's a very interesting character, at least to me. Um, and that's the main problem that I have with this book. And I actually really, really enjoy the first two thirds. Like that scene, the uh, the Sabak scene on Apatros, like it's way too long, but I loved every minute of it. Um, yeah. And same with like the Sith army stuff. But once he goes full Sith Lord, it just becomes a little less interesting for me. Yeah. Like he's he's kind of the embodiment of the brute force force elements of the Sith, which is weird considering how much time he does spend talking about the deception and the cunning elements of being a Sith. Mm-hmm. And like he doesn't really do that much of it himself, other than when he's in the battle with uh, Sir Saram the the Zabrak. Oh yeah, and um... or he pretends to be weaker, but that's just the combat expression of it he doesn't really operate as a person in that way very often uh and when he tries to it's very transparent mm-hmm. like the message that he sent back to lord khan was like over the top yeah. and uh and again lord khan was the one doing all these things that he's talking about being what it should mean to be a sith which at the comparison i'd make is a to is gonna be lost on a lot of people but uh it's almost like big brother survivor <laughs> where uh you have the majority alliance under someone like boston rob oh in God. survivor or or paul in recent big brother seasons or tyler where uh tyler's lord con boston <laughs> rob's lord con they got or dan giesling especially like missing everyone and they all think they're in this cooperative thing but you got the one guy there pulling the strings behind everything mm-hmm. and then bane is kind of the one on the outside of the alliance mm-hmm. the rock star <laughs> the rock and star. like oh god you don't you guys don't see that you're be this isn't how we should be doing things it shouldn't be one uh, on the day of the safari's one... birthday <laughs> It shouldn't all just be one happy family. They're going to have to turn on each other. And little does Bane know that, like, Khan is doing this the whole time. Khan technically agrees with Mm -hmm. him. It's just Khan's the one actually putting in the work to operate in the way that that Bane is saying they need to operate in. It's just he's doing it with a bigger tent. So Mm -hmm. it comes down to a tactical discussion of, or a strategic discussion of, how do you defeat the Jedi, where Bane thinks... You have to be operating from the back because you don't want to give the Jedi something to unite against, which is how you get the Army of Light, mm-hmm. versus what Lord Khan is doing, which is, no, we're going to, I'm going to mindfuck everyone, but I'm going to still do it as, like, in terms of military strength. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. Uh, I liked, I, I thought the Sith Lords are interesting. Like, I really liked Kasim, who's, like, his his sword master. He was probably yeah. He's my, my favorite character. My favorite. Um even like some of the students like Serac is kind of interesting and I will say that that final duel between Serac and Bane like I, I was pretty hyped for that because basically what happens to to Bane is he is kind of like the star pupil even though the fact that he's in what his like mid-20s I guess um mm-hmm. and yeah he's surpassing everyone and then he challenges uh, or sorry he kills a student in the ring with with uh, even though that's kind of strictly forbidden but allowed for the more powerful students 
then he he kind of loses his will to go on because he's scared of what the dark side will do. He gets his ass destroyed by this other student, and then kind of his time at the academy pretty much culminates with his final battle against Sirac. It's kind of like a really short and dark version of Harry Harry Potter, I guess. Um, <laughs> if Harry Potter killed Professor McGonagall later on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which would be kind of epic. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Uh, he's sort of there for Snape dying, at least. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, some of the other professors turn out bad. Like, wasn't the, uh, didn't the professor who had Voldemort on the back of his head die in the end? Yeah, he he died in the end of the first book. And the, yeah. uh, the professor who's kind of like, um, what's the guy's name of the third? He's kind of like the Jedi in this one. <laughs> um, in the third book? Lupin? Uh, maybe it's the second one. The, the really, like, uh... Oh, Gilderoy yeah, Lockhart? There's like, there's basically a, he's, yeah, he's like far, Valentine Farfalla. Far yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole time reading this. I'm like, oh, it's Gilderoy Lockhart again. <laughs> no, I, I was okay with Farfalla, because at least he kind of knew what he was yeah. doing and knew that other people knew what he was doing. Right. Whereas Lockhart like knows right? what he's doing, yeah. but doesn't think anyone knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, then Bane turns out to be a huge transform. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he probably would probably. be, based on like some of the shit he says in this. And like, there's definitely a lot of people who read the shit Bane says, and it's like, yeah, Bane is right. Like, it's not supposed to be. <laughs> That's the point. He's a bad guy. Like, he's killing people, and like, yeah, I see. That's one of the things that kind of is the same with Githany's journey from the light to the dark side, or I from the dark side to open dark side. Yeah is with Bane, uh, he has that fight. He's with the student originally that he just beats the absolute shit out of. Mm. And then he he loses his access to his powers because he's afraid of what the dark side's going to do. Like, he's holding himself back. Mm-hmm. And... The dark side goes, no, no, he, no. Yeah, and like, the then Githany kind of trains him back up and Kasim does as well. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's his desire for revenge that let on Serac that lets him kind of go back to being this evil McBadass. Mm-hmm. But that also, for some reason, his desire for revenge with Serac doesn't, it translates into him just wanting to keep his power and not really caring about anything else he does. Mm-hmm. You don't really get much in that transition. So, like, what would you have preferred, do you think? Well, it just seems like he goes like zero to one hundred pretty quickly. Yeah. On I, I murdered this other Sith who's objectively going to be kind of an asshole, mm-hmm. and he has a huge problem with that. And then he murders Serac. Is like, yes, this is the thing you were working towards, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then, kind of the next person we see him kill is a toddler. Yeah. Almost yeah. to get a bit of extra power to sustain himself. Right. And he doesn't have any bad feelings about that. Yeah. I'm not saying he wouldn't that, do that. Lack of nuance, it's just that there's no more moral quandary for him in any yeah. way ever again. Yeah, and that's why I kind of find the Sith to be boring as protagonists because, I don't know, no, no matter how evil you are, you, should, you shouldn't be able to kill toddlers and children en masse without, you know, feeling something. Like, so that's, that's why Anakin's fall is at least kind of interesting because, yeah, he's doing all this shit he knows he shouldn't be and it's, you know breaking him apart to do it yeah. same with jason like yeah like jason does feel bad when he has to like there's that scene where he fires on the falcon for the first time he does it because he's so angry and uh because he feels like he's been betrayed and whatever else and his anger yeah. gets the best of him it's like 
the, the dark side is causing him to fall and like then after that he's basically you know just furious and the entire time and that's what's interesting to me not just somebody who is just this way because that's the way they are you know yeah if there was a bit more after that point of like need how he thinks about what he's doing that would be even if it was just he's now full shitty uh mm-hmm. but you only get the only thing that touches on that later on is the point where he doesn't kill uh the daughter calling it unnecessary mm-hmm. so there is some part of him that's still thinking in those terms mm-hmm. uh it's not just that it's left out because it's not something bane would think about because clearly he is thinking about yeah. it so if there had been some earlier talk or anything between there after they're talking about what it is because we do see a bit of like him regretting having to kill giffany because she's drinking the con kool-aid more than he'd like Mm -hmm. but for like two seconds (laughs) yeah but so like anything during that scene that was a bit more thinking about like this is necessary and this is for my power rather than just murdered him Mm. (laughs) murdering you (laughs) your other son's dead too but yeah and one of the problems too is like plagueis does a really good job of at least giving the Sith some, like, Plagueis wants to rule because he thinks the Sith will do a better job of ruling the galaxy and that the galaxy should be ruled with might. And Palpatine seems to believe the same thing, but with Bane, I don't think you get that same, like, you never really get, and maybe maybe that just speaks to his character. He's more about just being personally strong because we do get a lot about him wanting to gain all this power because you know he's lived on planets like Apatros where it's only the strong that will survive so maybe that's what's driving him yeah um but I, I still would have liked to hear maybe and maybe we will in the next book I don't remember a bit about like why he thinks the Sith should rule because if he just wants to be powerful he can do that yeah um yeah because there is that thing that I was talking about earlier where like he's he talks about how he's doing this towards an end of the Sith taking over mm-hmm. And I don't even think, I don't know that Palpatine necessarily would has to think that the Sith can do a better job ruling, just that he really wants to rule. So we at least have yeah. some motivating factor for why Palpatine's doing what he's doing mm-hmm. that is connected to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But with Bane, uh, there's like, Bane wants to be strong, so he does these things. Great. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a disconnect, and then Bane also wants the Sith to rule the galaxy. He's like, yeah. does he want that, or does he need to want that because eventually that's what happens, and that's what he leads to? And you, you can flesh that up a bit more yeah. than we kind of got here. And I hope we'll get that maybe in mm-hmm. Rule of Two or Dynasty of Evil. But so far, I think it should have come up already a little bit. Right, because... Uh, sorry. But, like, re- regardless of what Bane wants for himself, he does also want the Sith to win. Because he contemplates mm-hmm. taking on an apprentice and stuff. Taking on an apprentice is one good way to get yourself killed if you're a Sith. He does it, or he thinks that it should be the Rule of Two rather than the Rule of One because he wants the sith tradition to continue but we don't really get a good explanation for why the sith is so important to him um, especially where he's just kind of thrown off the shackles of the brotherhood of darkness or whatever else um yeah yeah and like looking at who his i feel like there must have been other better options for him to idolize more than revan and i think that just does come from uh, yeah, Kotor being Kotor such a huge thing. influence on Drew, but like if you're thinking about it from an in-universe perspective, like, Revan, Exarkin, or <laughs> he's from Sweden, <laughs> like Frieden. 
Yeah. There's a lot more of the just power for power's sake characters. And I think Revan, especially at this point where uh, there wasn't even the the Valkorian stuff, yeah. uh, Revan was more on the Cadus and Vader side mm-hmm. of like, I'm taking this power because I think I'm doing something with it. Right. And maybe I've gone too far down that down that path. Mm-hmm. Like it like if I was just to pick a Sith Lord that was more that was similar to Bane, it would not be Revan. Or that represented what Bane wanted the Sith to represent it. Revan like Malak even. Yeah, Malak would be a better choice just even because like he does do the whole you know, he he does the power grab after he's learned a lot from Revan. And but you're right, I don't I mean a lot of it is because I guess most of my Revan knowledge does come from Kodor, I wasn't super engaged in like the books or anything, so I don't know. It it is it is a weird choice. Um, I haven't read the other Ultra Public books, so I am kind of looking forward to that. But they're by the same author, so I'm kind of curious to see how Revan does get presented there. Whether it's more in line with uh, what he's saying for Bane here. I'm only talking about uh, kind of the Kotor presentation as well, or Kotor two with how Kreia talks about Revan. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about what Kreia would have said to uh, to Bane, but probably nothing that Bane a lot would have of, wanted to hear. Yeah, I think I'll, you could make some connections between Bane and Kreia with how the Rule of Two kind of comes about, because mm-hmm. Kreia is definitely more on the work in the shadows. Yeah. Uh, don't let them... Kreia is the Aaron Burr of, <laughs> of the Sith, and that seems to be more where Bane wants to go with that, but in terms of the brute force, if it, it was more like a, a mix of Kreia and Malak rather than Revan. Yeah. I, I am interested to read the other books too, and as we mentioned, this is a Drew Carpishan novel. He's really quite prolific in the kind of genre for like, especially like video game adaptions and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I think he did all the Mass Effect books and whatever yeah. else. Um, but I, like I really, really like his writing. I, I know I mentioned that earlier, but it's just it's it's kind of refreshing because it's it's very very easy to follow you said you read it read it all in one night right or one, one yeah, sitting it I was think. only like i think yeah I, I did it in i did the first two parts went and did something else for an hour or so because mm-hmm. sitting there reading through a whole book can be a lot and then i just came back and finished it in the same night it is a lot of fun like yeah uh i don't want it to sound like i'm trying to like trash He's the canadian book as well these are i more, believe yeah these are criticisms of bane the character mm-hmm. and there are some criticisms i have of just how that's presented which are more of the book side but it is more about like bane and bane's philosophy which obviously as we've talked about isn't meant to be like the correct hero yes. he is at best an anti-hero or a villain yeah and there's a lot of um i think the world building in the book is pretty well done the only thing is i would say that the the war that's going on the new sith jedi war is missing quite a bit of context um because we know what's going on with the Brotherhood of Darkness, but we don't know how long the war's been going on, what the galaxy is like, really. Uh, I guess that's not super important to the story. Um, but j- other than that, I thought the book flowed really nicely. Um, it didn't stay. and I guess maybe it stayed in the Academy a little too long, but it's not a super long novel. Um, I guess it was just kind of refreshing in that sense. Mm-hmm. Especially where, like, uh, Alphabet Squad 1 and 2 are a little less uh, slim than this book whenever. Yeah, they're, they're a lot more plotting. Yeah. The tone is definitely very different. Like, it's uh, a lot more action-y. Mm-hmm. There's, 
basically something action-y happens on every page. Yeah. What was your favorite fight of the book? Did you have one? I Probably the one where he beats Sirik. Mm-hmm. Or it, it might have been the first one with Sirik because I was kind of expecting that he'd just win and then keep going on this upward trajectory. So I am glad that he faced that mm-hmm. kind of challenge because I was starting to be afraid that he wouldn't. Yeah. Where he hasn't received any training in the Force at all and he goes and blows most things up. Bites that guy's finger off. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Um, I like the bartender as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> The, uh, I was listening to the audiobook and uh, the narrator, I think it was Jonathan Davis, gives the uh, gives him the, the classic accent, and I was like, oh, it's mm, still it's, maybe not. It's still not great. <laughs> yeah, I I really like the bartender too. I I really enjoyed the scenes where he was just part of the larger galaxy. Actually, um, like I said, the 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 card game went on for quite a while, but I was really enjoying it, especially that last scene there. And then he gets jumped by the yeah. uh, the Republic, the Republic soldiers. There were a the couple scenes earlier on in the book that were kind of just focusing on other people in the war, like when the, uh, like other than the prologue, there was the scene with the one battle with Lord Khan where he starts fighting the Jedi. Oh yeah, and I those scenes felt a little weird to me, mm-hmm. like just kind of strange where they came up and how they got executed, but. Yeah, I thought that the Lord Khan stuff was was unnecessary, and even the Githany stuff when Bane's not yet there. I did like seeing the splinter in, like, the Jedi Order. So that's, like, the Hoth stuff and the Farfalla stuff. Um, Just because it it was kind of nice to have such a different perspective. Like, it's almost exhausting reading somebody who's just, like, so evil and so dark. Oh, I hate children. I'm gonna stomp on this baby. Uh, you know, whatever. And then the Jedi are, like, a lot more noble and you know they're yeah i got some pretty heavy uh joris sabayoth vibes from lord Hoth. yeah for sure because like he's clearly shitty at first but then he has one conversation with his dead buddy he's like huh maybe i'll just not be that anymore and is immediately everything's better and him and farfall are best friends from then on i thought that went a little bit too far yeah yeah i mean it's it's, it's quite star warsy but i do agree I did like the idea of um, kind of a Jedi, because it, it was a Jedi going bad, but not in a like dumb way. Uh, he mm-hmm. was just like the 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 war on Rusan was just grinding everybody down. Um, yeah, and it, it was kind of cool. I just thought it was a bit much that like all it took to get him to stop yeah. was his friend being like, "Hey, maybe don't." It's like, "Oh, don't." Yeah, that's what I was like, and it does kind of make Hoth a bit difficult to not relate to but a bit difficult to sympathize with when he's just being a complete dick when he he sent Farfalla off and then Farfalla comes with his reinforcements and saves him from a Sith ambush and the first thing Hoth does is yell at him no yeah he's like yeah what about the other convoys I got the other convoys bro Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more Farfalla in the next couple books because I think we get his Padawan a bit more Mm -hmm. Uh, he's like a I think ha- that is half rule of two or something. Yeah, Farfalla is a half Bothan, and I think his apprentices as well. So no, I no, I think his apprentice is human. Gavin Darklater just fucking ago. furious somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 
I was told this couldn't happen. R- wrong hole, Gavin. <laughs> oh, it's fresh. You just... There was a cut scene with a seer and Mirax. Was like, Look, I, it's been a year. I don't know if I should tell it. That's my fucking belly button. <laughs> he loves it, but... He's expecting a child. <laughs> I don't know if I should, like... Do I tell him to stop? Do I correct him? He might become really embarrassed now. He came up the other day and said humans and Bothans must not be compatible. I just... I couldn't break it to him. <laughs> I thought he was doing it on purpose. <laughs> I wasn't going to kink shame him. Uh, yeah, we, we got to love the support of us here. <laughs> it was a bit weird that there is the one female character in this book who gets... Well, there, I think there's technically two who get lines... Because uh, there's the one in the Gloomwalkers. Yeah, uh, one of the Republic when the officers is a woman, I believe, as well. Yeah, uh, but Githany is kind of the main female character, and almost every page that she's on, there's a line gauging just how much anyone wants to have sex. And with it's her, always a lot. Was... Like she's probably number one yeah. on the uh, the Cornhorn on the Corn thirst list. Chart. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a bit. That was like ninety percent of her character for a long time. And then it turned into whether or not she was just lusting after Bane or lusting after Khan. Yeah, and like that's the kind of thing about reading Star Wars books too. Is like, like I'm not asking for a bang session, but like handle stuff like tension and like powers associated with like sexual dynamics in like an interesting way, not just like Bane wanted to kiss the pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, like he did, but like, he's also a a, a three hundred pound jacked up guy who's does nothing but jerk himself off of the dark side all day, and you know, I don't know. Like, there could have been a more interesting kind of adult dynamic between them. I'm not saying I need like ten pages of banging or anything or even anything like that, but you know, yeah. There's like the one scene where he's like jealous of the of uh, I forget the guy's name, but. The one that she was kicked out of the order for, or left the order because she wanted to have sex with him, and it's like, well, did you actually love him, or, or, or was it? Were you just trying to piss him off because, like, you, you could have sex with me instead, and and that'd be cool. It it basically everything with that read like what, like a yeah. a pubescent teenage guy would just be writing in his fanfic with almost. And there's scribbling. a lot of that in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was like really weird. Didn't love that. On the other hand, you get that scene in Legacy of the Force where, like, Tahiri tries to seduce Ben. And he's, like, yeah, 13 was... at the time and she's 19. And that was... I guess, not I'm glad epic. we're not getting that too frequently, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I do like I do like that Githany was ultimately destroyed by the thought bomb. Um, because I wasn't looking forward to having her around yeah. for, for a whole bunch of other books um i couldn't remember yeah, it's been a while since i've looked at any of this where i was thinking like wait does gethany turn out to be darth xana is like i don't think so but is that what the i used her but, skeleton in the thumbnail today just yeah because <laughs> yeah, she's in the uh, jedi versus sith like literally everything that happens in the last third of this book is is in the jedi versus sith comics so mm-hmm. gethany's in it all the sith lords are in it uh, the healing bit is in it where he dangles the little girl over the pot um mm. And then yeah, it goes a little bit further with Xana and her cousin, uh, which is a the intro for next book is kind of interesting. It's been a, a while since I've read the later two, but I remember 
Um, Xana's also pretty, uh, she's pretty, she's too edgy for me as well. <laughs> yeah. These are definitely edgy books. Yeah. Um, like, these could exist in the Warhammer universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's kind of a lot. We were talking about this uh, a couple days ago or yesterday even. But uh, there, there is a lot of uh, RPG-style fighting mm-hmm. where it's very clear that it's like, okay, these are KOTOR abilities turned into book form almost. Yeah. And they're, like, the parts with the Thought Bomb... Uh, they almost read like a Dragon Ball Z book. Sorry, Dragon Ball Z. Where, like, lend me your energy. It's funny because the Dragon Ball Z one is called a Spirit Bomb. Um, and this one's called a Thought Bomb. Yet, this is the one that traps your spirit. And Dragon Ball Z is powered up by people's thoughts. So, it should be named the opposite way. And I always get them mixed up. Always. Um, yeah. Like, I, I was... My mental picture for that scene... I stopped picturing Beefcake Bane and just started picturing Goku. <laughs> Lend me your power. Like that that was literally how I was thinking. Just Dragon Ball Z animation Goku. I do like the uh that the that the uh I, I like how Lord Khan goes completely crazy and he falls for the thought bomb and I do like how it's activated with just like a just a clap. Um like that was kind of cool. That's a cool scene in the comic as well. Then everyone just gets like fucking annihilated. <laughs> yeah. It, it worked out well. They, uh... Lord Hoth got a bunch of people in. Mm-hmm. They all exploded. and Not uh, to be saved until Kyle Katarn comes around. Um, mm. Like, what's that? A thousand years later. So they're basically in torment yeah. until Kyle Katarn saves them. Which is pretty epic. The Valley of the Jedi in this episode. But anything, anything major you want to touch on? Still, I'm going to check my notes. Yeah, I think I have one or two other things. I'm but... take, check my notes too. I, I actually didn't take too many for this book. It's a pretty simple yeah. book. A lot of the a lot of time is spent talking about kind of this interior battle that Bane is having about whether the Sith are corrupt and whether the the Order's weak now. And I I, I enjoy that, but it would have been nice to get mm-hmm. more perspective, I guess. Um, even like we get a lot of Bane learning about the past Sith down in the he's studying in the ruins of the or in the uh, the library of the Sith temple more of like learning what he would have what he was reading would have been cool that's something Plagueis does really well like it presents a lot of ideas um, mm-hmm. other than that I like the bouncers they're kind of cool they're in the comics as well <laughs> yeah the thing that really tips Xana over the edge in the dark side is that her bouncy pet got killed. Yeah. Um, oh, this I did find one thing where... Because uh, Kopex is the one that tells uh, Farfalla about Enhoth about the... Oh, uh, yeah. When he's like, give me a bomb. good bomb. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is very urgent. <laughs> also, <laughs> lightsaber duel. <laughs> lightsaber duel. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. Lord Kopex fought valiantly despite his wounds, though he was no match for a fresh and uninner Jedi master. In the end, Farfalla fulfilled his promise. So, like, in the end implies this was a relatively lengthy yeah. affair for them. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to head out now. We've got something that's kind of important to do. It's like to imagine that Farfalla is just hanging Both and Dong all day. You know, he's hairy, so, like, he doesn't, he doesn't wear pants, but he should. You know what I mean? I don't know. Thought about it a lot during the book. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I can see that. <laughs> I can see a lot. Uh, funny. Any other notes you uh, want to bring up? I'm just looking at mine, and I can't fucking understand what I wanted to write. might have one more. That was just a video. Oh, no, that's the same one I just brought up. But, yeah, it... I think I kind of, you can kind of... Oh, one thing that I thought was funny is that the uh, the shadow the uh, sorry the the gloom walkers have what they think is a secret symbol amongst themselves of pounding twice over their chest. They're like, this is a symbol that yeah. only the gloom walkers know. <laughs> like, bro, everyone knows what that means. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like I've chosen the single universal symbol that everyone uses for this. It was just the gloom walkers who knew it. <laughs> like whatever, whenever <laughs> Charlie steals a Reddit joke. It's like, I made this. <laughs> there was also the part where he was like picking his name mm-hmm. and uh, apparently everyone else just uses their real name still mm-hmm. and Bane was told to pick a new one. But uh, And then Xana doesn't pick a new one. It's, she's just Xana. Uh, she should have been like Darth Rain. That would yeah, have been cool. cool. That was her nickname. Yeah, like are you, if, you, but, if your uh, name is Kopej and you can choose another one, choose another one for sure. But I was just thinking during that scene, just like, uh, Kopex is like telling him, okay, pick your Sith name. It's like, you know what? I thought about this a lot. I'm going to be Darth Bane. Or I'm going to be Bane. Bane of the Sith. It's like, oh, sorry. We got one of those already. <laughs> you got to pick another one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you want... That's a, also a rough start. Bane of the Sith? Like, why not like yeah. good friend of the Sith? <laughs> well, Sirak brings that up yeah, later. Like, like you, are. you are the bane of the Sith. Jasmine's like, oh, oh shit, shit, I didn't I think about it. I shouldn't have chose that name. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Because they're making fun of me. You deserve it. Your name is embarrassing. <laughs> I, I forget which one of the uh, teachers. It might be Kopej, who's got the really long nails, too. And I'm just like, being a Sith Lord is not an excuse to not fucking... You know, achieve basic hygiene standards. Like, cut your fucking nails. No, that's uh, Cordis. Oh, Cordis, I think. yeah. Yeah, because he's got the living luxuriously uh, right. nails as a sign that he doesn't have to work very often, I think. Mm-hmm. That might be a Victorian thing. But, uh... Cut your goddamn nails, dude. Like, you're like the weird kid in high school. Like, I don't know. Just cut your nails, man. <laughs> Bane, one, two, three. Yeah. Fine, then I will be Darth Bane, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> with an under it's like a discord hashtag in front of it <laughs> with a period in there <laughs> anything's better than Darth Dessel yeah Des so. Des it reminds me of Aunt Brew going Luke alright Des it works just as well but I had to go to dress day station to pay, to pick some Ducata stew <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but yeah, so... Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, did you like the first bit of the book when they were on Apatros? I I actually did enjoy mm-hmm. that. Uh, I like the setup for him there. Uh, I think it you can sort of carry that forward into kind of how he turns into who he is. Yeah. But still a little bit weaker, but I did enjoy that part. I like how it's like it's almost hard labor, and his job is like holding up a 60-pound drill for 12 hours a day and just getting like incredibly <laughs> jacked. Like, what the hell is hard labor then? <laughs> But yeah, um, that's all I had for this book. Should we just give our general impressions on it? I think we've kind of made it. Uh, I think we kind of have. We can uh, give our rankings, though, and that might... Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, so I'm just going to open... I'm going to open that and see if I can get it on the stream without opening the audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do want to get somewhere that we can put these that'll 
be a bit better for people to keep track of without me having to like record yeah. the screen from the previous episode yeah. uh but well, there's got to be some way we can make it available um yeah then maybe we'll put it in like a a google doc somewhere yeah. but i'm just gonna throw that up on screen on stream uh people can kind of get an idea from the audio i guess where we're putting it but we have S tier for the top, as usual, then A, B, C, D, and F tiers. Uh, we decided E, we didn't need that many tiers, but we didn't need an F. No, we did, we decided uh, no E, because E stands for epic. Right, because that would have to go above S. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, the only F tier that we have is I didn't like Champions of the Force very much. So mm. right now, that is the champion of the F. Yeah, can we get an F, can what do you think F you're doing for here? Champions of the for- uh, Force in the chat, please? champions of the fort that would be that sounds like a good game yeah, it does. Oh, why is that happening oh i didn't pause the video we should just we should just name the things like based on shit we say like like number one would be epic and then f would be not epic and then like a could be like decent or like oh what, what is it i say all the time very readable <laughs> yes or that would be like a b <laughs> then after that it'd be very breathy. <laughs> breathy. That's a D. That's a hard D. <laughs> um, what else could? What else would we add? Where would Hang and Dong go? Would that be a tier? Because uh, you throw that out. I kind of want to move on from like Hang and Dong to like drop and drop and meet or like something. Hmm. But we'll figure it out. But yeah, where are you gonna put this for you? I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I'm I'm going between. Okay. A beast. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun, but like looking at where I put other stuff, I don't know that I can put it above a lot of the X-Wing books. Mm-hmm. And they're like, kind of like we talked about having it be a slice of <laughs> yeah. life. Uh, uh, I, I don't like it as much as a lot of the Rogue Squadron books. Like I think it, it is fun for me, but it, it doesn't really go past the fun mark mm-hmm. where I don't like a lot of the characters. I don't think they're especially great. Uh, and I think for me, it's kind of a lower C. Okay. I, if I like it more than an X-Wing book, it's more than Ice Arts Revenge. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's kind of where it's falling for me in the in the C tier. Yeah, I, I I kind of got that the feeling from our conversation that I liked it quite a bit more than you. For me, it's either it's definitely not an S. It's for me, it's either bottom of the A's or top B's. Right now, I'm thinking it's probably. Probably because I, I just don't feel like I liked it more than MedStar. I didn't like it more than Alphabet Squadron. Probably, I definitely didn't like it more than Rogue Squadron. I think for me, it's probably like it's probably a probably a B. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see if they can. Uh, That's fair. But a, a, I was thinking maybe B, but the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in six months when we do the uh, list rearranging again. <laughs> no, never again. We can never change our opinions on anything. Fair enough. I wouldn't dare. Uh, okay so yeah i think that's that's where those are going we'll get either a graphic update we're gonna be mad about this by the way whatever they'll be mad about it that's true i feel like the yeah yeah they're we're allowed to have opinions right no no (laughs) Uh, okay. So we got some emails. Should we should we talk about those, or is there anything else you want to say about the book? Yes, or? let's. Uh, I think that's good for now. Mm-hmm. 
we can go to we can go on to the emails. I think we missed a few uh, last time, maybe, but no, 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 no. We covered we covered pretty much everything last time. So we are just on to the Darth Bane episodes. Uh, we are going to do the email questions first. If you guys have any questions in chat that you would like us to answer on YouTube here, just do at Corey's Datapad so I can have them highlighted, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get to that after the. Email questions. Can I just say something? Uh, no. My cat did something very Bane-like. He left a face on my back step the other day. Left a face? A mouse's face and spine. Jesus. I took a picture of it. I can, I can show you later. Hey, do you want me, want me to send it to you? Oh, Here, I'll send it to you right now if you want it. Sure. Okay, sweet. I sent it to Charlie, and he was like, That is fucking disgusting. Yeah, I just sent it to you on Discord. Are your Discord? Okay. Um, I don't think you can see the spine. You can see the face and some guts, though. Oh, I'm going to put it up to, up to the... I won't put this up to the camera. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is pretty gross. It's like literally a face, right? It, like you thought I was probably exaggerating. Like, no, that's a face. That's like the bottom of the... I, yeah, I'm not... I was going to just show chat, but like this is... <laughs> this, I, my channel would get shut down. Kelsey, this is pretty grounded. Kelsey woke up before me, and she sent me a picture of that. So, like, that's what I woke up to one day. Hmm. I'll talk about it on the on the stream we do tonight as well, just so I can share the uh, sh- share the beautiful story around with everybody else. All right. Well, you do the first email. Yeah. So, who's uh, first? Um, let me see. Actually, no. I, I don't have to go to. The I'll go email. to. Uh, I guess is Joel first, maybe. I think the last one that we didn't answer would have been from Cody there, so starting just to okay. that. Um, so I guess the first email would be from a friend of the show, Justin, who says, So, Corey, has Ice been boost- become Booster Tarek? Uh, what's he saying then? Oh, that's uh, that's a question related to my tabletop okay. series. All right, cool. That's, uh... All right, Justin, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's keep it separate, okay, bud? I'm just joking. Yeah, this Justin doesn't watch any of that, so he has no idea. But, uh, but yes, he I, Iceman will definitely paint that whole ISD if he gets to keep it. That's a lot of paint. Yeah, it'll be expensive. So Niccolo has our next email, or Nick. He says, um, I'd like to start off with thanking both of you for the podcast. Uh, I think like a lot of us, he's no friends who read these books in real life. So it's nice to have the discussion. I agree with that completely. He's currently listening or reading the first book of the Black Fleet Crisis before the storm, but I'm already setting my eyes upon the next book. Uh, the Revenge of the Sith novelization has been on the list for some time, and I'm thinking of picking that up from the used bookstore next. But on my research about it, I heard that the Dark Lord trilogy is even better, as it contains Revenge of the Sith and two other books. Do you guys recommend reading the entire trilogy, or is Revenge of the Sith a standout book that I should read next? Might as well read all three. They're all, all three of them are good, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. If you can only read one for whatever reason, financially, time constraints, then do Revenge of the yes. Sith. But if you can, if you can read them all, read them all. They're all really good. And I think they're all an audiobook too. If you like that way, and let's be honest, hmm. if there's a book you, if it's reading, if there's a book you really want to read and you can't afford it, just just fucking find it online. It's it's a book. It's human knowledge. Just yeah. read it. Anyway, um, uh, we got oh, you we got, got yeah, comments we got a comment on your podcast. Yeah, we got a comment on our podcast on the Grand Admiral Thrawn's downfall episode. Yeah, I'm gonna need a few minutes to cool. uh, read all this and check it before I say it out loud. Um, it says cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Then our next question is from Joel, who says, Hey, TapCalf, my question for the Darth Bane discussion is this. 
With so much of the older public era remaining a mystery, how much wholesale could you bring Bane's story into new canon? We already have a Darth Bane because of the Clone Wars Season 6, and Bane himself was a Lucas concept, at least in terms of the name and the idea of the Rule of Two. Mm-hmm. Also, what parts of Bane's story, especially this particular era of the final Sith War, would you keep and would you streamline for new canon? Would you keep the Brotherhood in the final battle of Usan and all that, or would you make changes so as not to be an exact copy of the Legends Old Republic stuff? So do you have any thoughts on this first? I mean, it's kind of tough because, like, a lot of the Rusan stuff was made a necessity to help with, like, consistency issues in the lore. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I still do like most of it. I like the idea of this, the Jedi inflicting a massive loss against the Sith and the Sith going and hiding for a thousand years. That is kind of what they allude to in The Phantom Menace. So this way is as good as any to do that, I think. Yeah, and it kind of remains to be seen just how much of KOTOR and TOR and stuff will be brought in yeah. because that doesn't have the same impact on trying to make uh, the sequel trilogy, especially that uh, some of this earlier stuff mm-hmm. does. It depends on if they want to make more movies back then or TV series or whatever. Series. So it probably... Okay, okay, Trebek. <gasps> uh, but I don't think it'll all be brought in wholesale. I think certain elements of it will be. Uh, kind of like the post-Endor stuff, or more the Rebellion era stuff kind of has been handled. Mm-hmm. But it really depends, because it, it's such a an uncovered area. And even High Republic, which is the next big set of projects we're getting, are after this, so that won't really give us too much information, but maybe some. Yeah, the band we see in the Clone Wars looks a little different as well. He's not nearly as uh, thick, which to me is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Next email comes from Gustav, who... And I'll be right back while you handle this what's one. What's that? I'll be right back. Okay, yeah. So the next email comes from Gustav, who says, Do you think Darth Vader would still have been able to gain a reputation as a feared Sith Lord while maintaining his human appearance? Would this human Vader be superior or inferior to the Cyborg one? Also, I am wondering whether you think it would have affected the duel with Obi-Wan on the Death Star when Vader was still human. This is a tough one because... Star Wars Legends, like in, without spoiling the uh, the young man about to read Re- the Revenge of the Sith novelization, Vader does kind of talk about his power lapsing a little bit. Um, and I, I think that was even inconsistent sometimes in the Legends. Um, but in canon, they've taken the approach that his power didn't really fluctuate a whole lot depending on whether he was a cyborg or not, and that, in fact, his constant anger at being in a cyborg form has sort of, um, if anything, made him a little bit more powerful, as has the loss of Padme, more powerful in the dark side anyway. So would he have been less powerful as a Sith Lord? I don't think so. Um, I think he'd be maybe a little less frightening, just because one of the things about Vader is we, we actually hear about this quite well in the Thrawn books and funny enough I'm pretty sure it's um which new canon book is it um I can't remember there's one of the new canon books where they basically pick up Vader after the battle of Yavin and it's all about how he's kind of just really creepy (laughs) but yeah thank you for the amazing question Gustav yes thank you and do you want to read Anthony's, Corey, or should I? Uh, we are on Rule of Two from Anthony. Yeah. Hey, Corey Neck, wanted to get your thoughts on how feasible you think the Rule of Two doctrine really is. With everything we know about the Sith, it feels like a miracle that the doctrine and the effort to take over the galaxy through subterfuge survived a decade, let alone a millennium. Mm-hmm. 
I know this is a universe with space wizards whose major weakness is space lizards, so anything is possible. <laughs> I've never heard I just can't before. help but think there should be a few more Sith Lords who's <laughs> laying around, laying the groundwork for some future Sith Lord to take over the galaxy. Yeah, I want my cake now. I know Tenebris broke the rule, but with how self-serving individual Sith are, I feel like there should have been a few more that broke the rule or made a grand power play for themselves. Uh, I think we both covered that. We kind of agree with yeah. that. Where it, I don't know if Tenebris did break I, the rule. Because he, he does have that second uh, one, Venom, v- yeah. Venomous, but I never got the feeling he was actually... I thought he was kind of going to be a Darth Maul type of thing. but mm-hmm. Where it was kind of going to be up to whether Venomous could kill Plagueis. And it was like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, of course, as this is all happening, there is a planet with thousands of Sith Lords um, known as the Lost Tribe of the Sith, and they are doing pretty epic over there. And there are other secret Sith societies, of course. Um, I don't know if actually maybe not maybe there weren't other secrets of Sith, Sith societies because like there was no one Sith at this point or anything like that but uh mm-hmm. but yeah in Star Wars there's always more Sith hiding out somewhere yeah lost stars right Mitchell thing. they're very patient yes or they're just stuck on a planet yeah and have to be patient so the last question in the emails is from Asher a frequent communicator with the podcast he was wondering what our opinion is on how the sith are brought back in canon and legends after return of the jedi and can we see palpatine come back in rise of skywalker and legends we also see palpatine return in additions to characters like darth crate and the one sith along with jason solo's turn and legacy of the force any thoughts Corey? any thoughts yeah like i think i've been generally not fond of palpatine coming back like i, I was fine with it in the first dark empire i thought it was more fun there mm-hmm. Uh, but I, st- I still don't love bringing the villains back that way. Uh, like, I really didn't like it in Rise of Skywalker. And then when he brought he gets brought back for the 23rd and 24th time in uh, Empire's End, then too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm on record as being a, a Jason Solo stan. So even if I think the way Vergier gets kind of handled uh. is kind of dumb and Lumaya is kind of dumb, but like... Lumaya! It's it's a different type of Sith that Katniss ends up being. It's just like Darkseid and trying to take that mantle. So the Sith Order really does end with Palpatine, mm-hmm. and it's just the Darkseid trying to get a a hold there, or people using the Darkseid to whatever ends later. And Lumaya is kind of the closest we get to that last kind of Sith. And I create... I, I, I don't like the one sith quite as much but the one sith could have been sort of compelling if they had because i I did like that scene in uh legacy of the force where like they find the one sith like that's kind of cool but there's like so Mm -hmm. much else going on in that era that it's kind of overwhelming um yeah i i I agree with pretty much everything you said it's just hard because star wars has trouble finding new compelling hero and villain factions that will last yeah. more than just one arc even like the vong like yeah they they were in a 19 book arc but then they're pretty much gone uh reappear briefly in the legacy comics but they are almost nothing in legacy of the force besides for like you know the 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 world brain on coruscant and same with fate of the jedi so yeah, and then they entire like the Vong get entirely dealt with by putting the entire remnants of the galactic wide invasion force onto Zonama Seacott. You almost never see any of them again. Yeah, just kind of like you get uh, you do get one or two, but yeah, they come back in the comics gone. when they are supposed to help the galaxy fix itself on 
doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's all for the email questions today. If you have any questions for our next episode, which will be on TV shows, unless we decide something else is going to happen, I say this you one's can still send up those. In the air. Yeah. Uh, but you can send whatever questions you want us to answer for the next episode mm-hmm. into tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. There's a link in the description, or the email's in the description. And uh, If you want to send feelings about your ranking, our rankings and how we didn't put this to S tier, you can go ahead and search Corey's Datapad on Twitter. DMs are open. Make sure you let him know exactly how you feel <laughs> about um, him. I think he said the word despise. Despising your favorite yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what fun means. It means the opposite. <laughs> Somebody uh, clip that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you can send in emails for that. Or if you have any questions that you want to get in for rule of two, uh, we'll be covering that in two weeks. In rule of two weeks. So that would be the 27th. And now we got a few questions in the chat. Captain Rex for Life says, can you do more Legacy Era content? And I think both of us will eventually be doing more Legacy Era content. I did a Legacy Era video the other day just covering the entire Second Galactic Civil War. You can check that out. Yeah. Uh, And one of my first videos was about the uh, How Corellia Rebelled. Yeah, that was a good video. And that's still one of my most viewed videos. Pretty epic. uh, It's only been downhill from there. Uh, and we did talk about how in a couple couple weeks, as uh, you're getting ready for second fatherhood, we're going to be moving to a bit more in the comics for a little while as you get situated. Yeah. Uh, so Legacy Era is another one that's kind of in the in the mix for possibilities there. Your empire's all crimsoned, perhaps. Yeah, we'll see what we do there. But our next question is from Die Ghostfish. I got in here late. Did you guys go over how they got Cortosis entirely wrong or the Earth surrounded? Uh, the ore sounded more like Beskar or Frickite. Cortosis weakened stuff versus all non-saber. Yeah, the, I did kind of notice that a little bit with like the yeah, yeah the mining, but we we didn't talk about that. No, but that is a good point because yeah. it's supposed to be fairly brittle. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's it's pretty much just anti-saber stuff. And I I kind of just thought about like okay, ignore the stuff about the ships and just think about it as like oh, they were using it for armor because this is Jedi versus Sith war. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's funny because Plagueis opens up in a Cortosis mine as well. Hmm. Yeah. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. We need more Jar Jar. The start of the rule of two and the end of the rule of two. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think Bane uh, would have been cool with that if he knew that there was going to be a, a mortal Sith Emperor um, which Palpatine never ended up being but he probably would have been. He probably would have thought that was pretty epic. Yeah, Palpatine ends up taking over the galaxy for less time than some previous Sith. That, had that's the thing. For, so. Like, okay, maybe the Jedi would have eventually won against, like, if the Brotherhood of Darkness won on Rusan, maybe the Jedi would have eventually fought back and defeated them. But like, Palpatine had control of the galaxy for like three months. <laughs> no, like, like twenty years. Yeah, the Jedi were gone for twenty years, and. They weren't even really gone because yeah. it turns out if you read enough, uh, enough of the expanded universe, all the Jedi <laughs> survived. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next question is from Der Benson. What did you think about the whole Jedi kids that have been Padawans for like two days, a lightsaber and a pat on the back <laughs> and sending them to the front? There's a lot more of that in the uh, Sith versus Jedi comics, but yeah, it's kind of I liked it because it showed how uh, 
how brutal and like just fucked up the war on Rusan was. Yeah, uh, one thing that did kind of stick out to me was Sirak's length of his apprenticeship. It was like 20 years. Of course, he was the top student. Yeah. Like, Bane's rolled out of the... It's like you show up to school on your first day, and, like, some fucking 12th grader punches you in the nose and calls you a loser. Yeah. I killed you. You're weaker. This is the way of the Sith. You're weaker now. So if you ever pass me, then that that's weaker being killed by stronger. But if I do it now, then that's not justified because eventually I have to be passed by. Like LeBron James uh, dunking on the kids that his son plays basketball with. <laughs> uh, USS Chicago asks, what is their old Republic fighter that looks like the Zen 95 and that it actually inspires design? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know old Republic ships other than the Oric was mentioned in this book. So they're still using the same starfighters. The Oric's the one from uh, the old Republic as well. It's quickly name dropped. Um, Baikonon asks, this one's interesting, not really related too much to this book, but do you feel the legacy era in general is just kind of a bummer? It feels depressing that the last Legends novels basically seeing the worst version of everyone's future. And I kind of relate to that a little bit because it does get a bit exhausting that the galaxy is always at war um so that's why it would have been nice if i think that they could have maybe taken a break and moved on without going straight to the legacy comics maybe yeah well it does it sets up an issue that would have existed for the next period of legends that we kind of have with new canon where we know what the galaxy mm -hmm. is heading towards and it wasn't quite as defined because mm -hmm. uh, it is a longer period of time mm -hmm. Uh, but like, sure, maybe it would have been fun to find out how the Corellian Confederation ends up back in the Galactic Alliance because Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi ends with them still being a distinct faction. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're kind of back in and gone by Legacy. But I don't like when you have those big gaps where you know kind of what happens mm -hmm. or you know what the end point is. I kind of preferred... Uh, one of the things I did like about like the Yuzon Vong War and going forward from there is that they did it sequentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was always open, open options. Yep, I agree. Um, just hard to make you care without using the main characters, especially when it's a book. That's the, that's kind of the main mm -hmm. problem they were dealing with. But yeah, it does sort of get like. Well, my main problem is Han is the better part of eighty, and he's fist fighting with Mandalorians and Fate of the Jedi. You're like, uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we can do a couple more. Uh. I will do an office tour when I have my bookshelves. They're supposed to go right there, but there's just boxes mm -hmm. right there. Uh, Joel is asking, what would Bane think of Valkorian and Vitiate? Probably dislike them. Dislike him. He'd probably, dislike, he'd probably like the uh, pretty sick fashion, though. Valkorian. They did put a lot of time into their, uh, into their design elements. Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty clean looking. Yep. Uh, what's the best ship in any era of Star Wars? Nebula and Recusin, I think, are our answers. I like the MC-90 more than the Nebula, personally. Really? I think so, yeah. Wow, this is breaking news are happening If we now. got a good look at the Blue Diver, I'd probably like that even more. You mean any look at the Blue Diver? Yeah. Or the Mediator. And... I like those big new Mon Cal ships. The Mediator? And our final question, I think, for tonight, Mitchell989 asks, do you think Revan made more than one holocron or just the one Bane found? 
I think other Revan holocrons have shown yeah. up in other places, yeah. right? So Bane just got one that was kind of shit. A rough recording left at an ancient temple for a while. Yeah. I will say it was nice revisiting uh, Lee Han. It is very, very similar to what we get in Kodor, uh, of course. Yeah. That was one other thing that I was kind of thinking about with like the trek from the temple to uh, the Valley of the Sith Lords. Yes. Where just think like there to Dreshte to the Valley. It's like in Kotor, that's like, oh, that's a five minute <laughs> yeah, trek. And then they're talking about just talk, the conversation that happened. Does he know how to get? Will he survive? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's like, right can, there. Like you can see it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> see them? He's he's twirling his lightsaber. That's him right there. He's he's done all of them already. <laughs> <laughs> he's just standing there, just spinning his lightsaber around. Like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. So thank you for all the questions. If you had any that we didn't answer, there were I think a couple more. Uh, you can send them to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Uh, and we will be covering something next week, maybe TV shows, maybe something else, and then Rule of Two after that. So, anything else from you, Ek? No, I think that's it. We will be streaming afterwards. Charlie has it set to an hour from now instead of two hours from now. Um, uh, whatever. I can tell him to push it back. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like we, yeah. if we were recording the podcast at the regular time, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would because we would just be ending. That right would be then. not. But we did it an hour early, so. Epic. Yeah, I think that's. So I just, I'm just gonna get some some food. Okay, but. so keep an eye out for your local uh, Herman Kane fleet. Should be appearing over your town at any point. But that's it for me. Good night. Goodbye. Good day. And good and luck. Good luck. End the podcast, Corey. Please. Please. Please end it. <laughs>